Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of Jay's Talk and Matt and Andrew here to bring some baseball talk from our living rooms to yours. Make sure to go find us on Spotify. All the episodes are in podcast form so make sure you go check them out if you're just hanging out or working out. Today's guest was undrafted out of Kansas and is a pitcher in the Blue Jays organization. Please welcome Sean Rakowski. Sean, how are you doing today? Good, thanks for having me. So you said you're in Kansas City. What's been going on during quarantine in Kansas City, man? Um, well, they haven't really uh, they haven't really shut down too much. They have everyone's pretty much going. Um, there's been a little bit of a spike. This second wave might be coming soon. Um, but we didn't. It didn't seem like it got like hit too hard with the first wave. Um, so it's been it's been pretty good here. We're just starting, uh, just starting to get hit with a second wave down here ourselves. It's uh, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty wild down here. Crazy crazy times in America. Crazy times all over the world, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you were born in in Mesa, Arizona. When did you first start playing baseball? Oh, I think, I mean, t-ball was was for sure my first, and I don't know how old that was. Maybe five, four or five. Um. And I've just always been, it was, growing up, it was baseball, soccer, baseball, soccer, up until high school, um, where I pretty much just had to pick, you know, and uh, I'm glad I stuck with baseball. <laughs> so who were your favorite uh, players growing up? Do you have any favorite baseball players growing up when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I mean, number one was Randy Johnson, for sure. I mean, growing up in Arizona, being a D-backs fan, you know, as a kid, he was the, he was the man, you know. So him and Luis Gonzalez were were definitely the two big players that I uh, I watched a lot, and those were my favorite players for sure. So, and you were in a high school at Hamilton High School in Arizona. You were the ranked the number twelve prospect in Arizona uh, at the time, uh, coming out of high school. Uh, you went to the same high school with Patrick Murphy of the Blue Jays. Uh, how was that pitching staff? Were y'all just dominant with you and Patrick Murphy on the mound? Yeah, we were solid when we were healthy. <laughs> Um, him and I both, you know, were, you know, we, we sprouted, we grew really quickly and, you know, injuries follow that, you know, um, as you start to fill out and, and, you know, start to put on some muscle and stuff. So, um, but yeah, it was awesome playing with him. He was, I mean, our best pitcher and our most reliable pitcher. And he was just a great teammate to have for sure. How nice is it to have him back in an organization with you or to be back in the same place with him again? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Like, what are the chances? You know what I mean? Um, when I first got the call that I was um, going to get signed with the Blue Jays, it was just like, I mean, I was talking to him before it all happened. And I was just like, not thinking there was any chance I would, you know, be on the same, like, or be in the same organization as he is. And, and it's been awesome. I mean, we, we're not, together because he's in Arizona while I'm here in KC, but we still keep in touch and all that. So it's good. Now, fact check me on this one. Was Cody Bellinger also on that team with you guys? Yeah, he was. He was I mean, how good, how good was that team? Yeah, we, no, we were really, we were really good. Um, and we had, I mean, we had so many other good players too. And Cody really um, started, you know, showing what he was all about, or I think around his junior year. Um, 
And, and we had a, a couple of other absolute studs. Tyler Irwin's with the Orioles. Mitch Ney was the first rounder for us. He was a year older, I think. Um, Malcolm Holland was a stud. We just had so many, like, just stud players. And it was all about just, like, staying healthy for us, really. <laughs> what, how is that, what is that pressure like for a high school kid? I mean, you must have a ton of scouts going to those games. What is that pressure for scouts coming from colleges to come look at you to get recruited and scouts for big league teams as well? Um, I mean, it just became, like, kind of the – that was the way it was, you know what I mean? Like, summer ball, always scouts. We were playing for scout teams. We were all on the, the Diamondback scout team in high school. Um, and Mitch, I think it was because of Mitch that really like a bunch of scouts started attending, started seeing Cody, started seeing Murph, started seeing, seeing me and I mean, everybody. And um, it's just been the way that we've been playing since then. And, and even now, I mean, I don't know how many years later, I guess that was 2013 was my last year in high school still an absolutely dominant program just absolute studs every year you know what I mean so I'm sure nothing's changed over there so you guys had an awesome team in high school what uh, ultimately made you decide to go to Kansas um I had never even heard of the school like I was never really into basketball that much um even though I'm six foot seven <laughs> um and they reached out and we started talking and um, I went on an official visit there and I was just like, I, this is the place for me for sure. So your freshman year, you made your debut against Iowa. What were your nerves like in your first uh, NCAA appearance? Yeah, I was pretty nervous because I had, I didn't, we had such a solid, solid uh, senior, like older pitching staff. Um, I really only got, I think, one or two opportunities to even pitch. And we were, we were, I know we were considering just, like, redshirting me. Um, and it, it was, like, super nerve-wracking, but it was one of those games where we were either up or down, like, 10. <laughs> and they just kind of threw me in there. They're like, well, we may as well get, get some work in now. So, um, but, yeah, it was super nerve-wracking. And the, to come out of that um, definitely helped me, like – not showing up every day wondering if I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I don't know if I'm going to pitch today. Like, if I pitch, I have to do well because I haven't pitched at all. You know what I mean? So. And then your, uh, your freshman year, you guys made it into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2009. How much did you guys learn in that experience uh, finally making it into the tournament as a freshman? Yeah, well, because I didn't really play that much, I could sit back and see – I mean, how we operated as a team and what we needed to do to have success. You know what I mean? So that was the biggest thing for me getting to that point freshman year. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I know what we need to do to get back here. I need to, you know, hold myself accountable and, and like start trying to be a leader for the team um, and go from there, basically. Big 12 baseball was stacked with familiar faces and great athletes. Who are some of your toughest opponents you had to face uh, in your college career? Um, well, just in the Big 12, like every team, like their three and four hole hitters are just absolute like stud first rounders. Um, 
Man, Texas Tech was the team. I just felt like I couldn't get – shoot, what's his – I can't remember his name. He was their, their three-hole hitter, maybe four-hole. He was one hitter. When he walked up, I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to get this kid out. Like, he hits everything. He's ready for every single pitch. And turns out he was the first rounder, so. You uh, had a hard major in college. You are a mechanical engineering major. Uh, do you see yourself having a future in mechanical engineering uh, if the baseball thing doesn't work out? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the baseball thing kind of works out for the next five, ten years, you know, as anybody would. But um, and the engineering um, side of things, like I've always been, that's just kind of, who I am, just super interested in, in that kind of field. And my dad's been a project manager for some, you know, engineering firms. And it's just, I've always been good at math. So it's always seemed like that, you know, the right fit for me. And it was like super challenging. I mean, it is impossible to actually um, schedule around baseball. You know, there are gonna be things like conflicts and you just have to do what you can. What's your favorite baseball, college baseball memory that you have? Um, dang, there's a lot. I mean, being a part of the, the team freshman year was, I made so many good memories because I was able to, I mean, I was immersed in it, but I wasn't distracted by anything. Like I was soaking everything in, you know what I mean? Um, and just like, I mean, spending all the time with your teammates and they become your roommates, they become your, your best friends. And I mean, there are just so many memories I have together with my teammates and, and we still are making memories even though we're not in college anymore. You know what I mean? So uh, I can't like, I don't know if I can put my finger on like uh, the best feeling. Um, maybe my first ever start was my sophomore year at LSU. And as I finished my outing, I was walking off and the crowd, they're sold out. It was, it was the opening week, like 16,000 and everybody was applauding and it was just like the best feeling, you know what I mean? To get it from the KU fans that traveled and all the LSU fans was just like incredible. How tough was that decision for you after your college career ended to decide to get the surgery instead of, instead of signing somewhere? Yeah, well, I mean, it really wasn't, it, it was my decision, but it wasn't. The initial um, kind of agreement was that I would sign and I would just grind out short season and then get the surgery in the off season. Um, and so when I showed up, you know, I'm so thankful that the Blue Jays decided, you know what, let's not make you do this. Go and get the surgery with Kansas and then come back next year, we'll sign you and you'll start your career. And I'm so thankful that that's the way it went, honestly. When you go undrafted, what are some extra steps you have to take uh, to, to get to where, where you wanna be? Um, well, I mean, it's different for everybody. Um, the biggest thing for me is just to understand that something like a lot of things happen in the minor leagues that just aren't fair or don't make sense and you just have to be okay with it you, like nothing I can do you know all I can do is just keep throwing the ball where I want and how I want 
and the rest is going to happen the way it's going to happen. Um, so that's definitely been my mindset this whole time um, because you realize there's just so much out of your control and there's so much work that, you know, the, uh, the front office and, and, and the coaches, the coaching staff, they're, they're all doing. And you can really just control what you can control. And when you start worrying about the stuff that you can't control, the things you can control just become a lot harder. To seeing a guy, Jackson Reese also went undrafted. To seeing the season that he had last year, does that kind of give you like, I went undrafted, I can do that too. Like I know what I can do as well. Oh yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like for people to assign value to a player based on their draft status, when you look at us all as a team and you're like, I don't, well, we're all awesome players. You know what I mean? I can't tell who got drafted when. I don't, I can't tell how much money somebody has. Everybody there deserves to be there and everybody's proved that, you know, for the most part, proved themselves. So, I mean, it, it's definitely different being an undrafted free agent, but at the end of the day, you know, we're all professional baseball players and we're all trying to do the same job we've been doing since we were little. You know what I mean? Your first year, you, uh, you were a postseason all-star over in Bluefield. Uh, when we talked to other guys about it, uh, they talked about how Bluefield, you're like, it's just baseball. You're there and you're just playing baseball. What's that experience like playing in Bluefield for your first professional season? Um, I, mean, I don't know if I can say it's how I imagined it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it was – when, when I look back at it, it's – I mean, it's definitely – a season I value a lot because that helped, you know, start my career and it shaped kind of my mindset going into the next year. And all, all the guys that I met, um, it's just, I mean, Bluefield was, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy looking back that I went to Bluefield, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have traded it away. I, I wouldn't have rather gone to, you know, stayed in Florida or gone to Vancouver. I'm, I'm so happy everything went the way it did, you know. So you got a five pitch mix. What is in a high pressure situation? What's your go to pitch to get a punch out? Oh, the slider for sure. That's I mean, the slider has been the go to pitch in any situation, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like two o, o two, three two. You know anything? I'm I'm so confident in that pitch and um, that I can throw it for a strike and that I can you know miss a barrel with it or or whatever. That's, yeah, I mean, that's been my, since Bluefield has been my pitch, for sure. Let's change it up here. Let's talk a little gear. What's, what's your go-to glove brand? Do you have a go-to glove color? What, 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 what kind of glove brand are you using? All right, so I got hooked up with Nakona, um, like, last year, maybe, or maybe two years ago. Um, and they let you just, like, customize, like, however you want, pretty much. They have tons of color, like, leather glove leather colors and lace colors so I went kind of wild and I did a gray glove with like Columbia blue lacing and I don't even know if gray is a legal glove color to have uh, <laughs> but they sent me one and the first one they sent was actually left-handed and I gave it to Marcus Reyes and it has my name on it like stitched in so he's got my lefty version glove and then I have the same righty version of the glove that they sent me after and I'm pretty sure like the more I 
Like, am I like see Nakona posting and see other guys posting their gloves? I keep seeing gray gloves, and I'm pretty sure like I started that the gray, the gray glove trend. You did now. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of good ping pong players in the Dunedin Blue Jays clubhouse this past year. Do you consider yourself the best? Yeah, I'm without the doubt, without a doubt, the best. Nick Allgaier, any competition there or? Uh, th there's competition. It's uh, there's some guys I have to bear down a little bit um, more than others, um, but for the most part, there hasn't really been a close match um, as far as skill level. So, how much pride do you take in having command of the strike zone? With only 29 walks compared to 100 Ks in your professional career. Uh, I mean. That's always been something I've really, really worked on. Um, I struggled with a lot growing up. I, I was tall and lanky, had bad body control, you know, um, and, and that was like a, a major focus. And I think not even in Bluefield, but in Lansing, I realized, hey, I can throw this sinker down the middle and let it do what it does for strike one. And the, the at-bat becomes so much easier. <laughs> And, and so going into that mindset, just no fear, get strike one, throw whatever pitch I need to, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm confident that it'll work out. Um, that really like has helped me be able to do what I want with the baseball. You know what I mean? Like instead of going one Oh, two Oh, starting Oh one, I mean, the ball's in my court now and I can do, you know, whatever I want. We saw your talk with uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler uh, a few months ago, and just want to give you a chance to talk about it. But how did the idea of starting a company come up in this uh, whole pandemic uh, with Marcus Reyes? And uh, how's it going? How's how's business? It's it's going pretty good. Um, we've been getting like tons of support, which has been like super awesome. But how it started was Marcus came to me or texted me like in the off season. So this was before all the pandemic stuff happened and we were like let's let's do this like it sounds we just wanted to to start a business build a website you know do something fun you know what i mean and something that was important to us um so it's it's like a lot of work <laughs> like it, it takes like a lot of time out of your day every day and it's like and we were talking not too long ago and we're like well it's kind of nice that this pandemic has given us so much time to get to where we are because it would have just taken to get to where we are now during the season would have taken so much longer. You know what I mean? Um, so obviously like prioritize, like get lifting done and throwing done and then do what we need to do for the website and, um, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's been like, it's been really fun and we're learning a lot along the way and it's just, it's been awesome. It's been like super, great use of time you know what I mean yeah so for people listening what's the name of the business and how can they find you um so the name is rare company and we came up with that name because we combined the last letters of my name ra and marcus Reyes's last two re um and the url is adventurerare.com so it's kind of like an outdoorsy adventure brand um and we're our, our first product are these eco-friendly wooden style sunglasses that just like super awesome.
and so far we like everybody loves them so we're just trying to figure out how we can expand you know what i mean and and get our name out there even more and um do all that so but there has been like a lot of struggles with shipping and um we're doing we're doing like merch that was the first thing we could do um and with the coronavirus and 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 everything that's going on it's the shipping and processing times like have taken up to like four or five weeks and it's just like so out of our hands and out of our control and it's really hard to establish like a great business when you're having customers wait so long and there's just nothing we can really do you know what i mean so that part's been kind of frustrating but we have been like doing what we can like everything that we've been doing lately has been to fix this problem you know what i mean so we're definitely making steps in the right direction but it's slow it's a, it's a learning process for both of us and we want to make sure we do everything right um so that's kind of where we are right now what a great adventure to get into though during during this whole thing especially especially what a time and i'm sure once uh once things start calming down you're gonna have a lot it's going to be a lot easier to start shipping stuff out because I know uh, shipping charges are going way up and, you know, sometimes it'll sit down there for two, three weeks before, before they can get it out anywhere. So we yeah. really appreciate you taking some time to sit down with us today, Sean. Is there anything you'd like to say to the fans out there before we sign off? Um, to the fans, I mean, from what I've seen, you, you guys have just continued to support us, especially as minor leaguers. And it's just like, I'm super thankful and it's super awesome to see that even through all this, that everybody's struggling and you still find it in your hearts to, you know, do what you can. Um, just even send your thoughts, you know, all of that is, you know, it's not ignored. We, we, we see all of it, you know what I mean? And it means, it means so much. So just thank you. And I'm super excited to get, to get started again. And I'm sure that you guys, the fans are too. And once, once that happens, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be back to business as usual. So. Thank you, Sean. And thank you fans for joining us for another episode of Jay's talking. Sean, what, what's the, what's it called again? Rare company. Make sure you check out rare company, Sean Rakowski's uh, company and go buy some merch off that website for sure. And uh, do you guys got a Facebook and everything or Instagram? Yeah, we got Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, both. I think uh, they're they're both in uh, myself and Marcus's bios and our Twitter handle and our Instagram pages. So if you get lost, because we're working on the the pop search, the Google search, like showing us at the top still. So if you can't find it, because we can't find it either, sometimes head over to one of our pages and you'll and you'll see links there. So. Well, there you have it, folks. Go check out Rare Company. Matt, Andrew, and Sean Rakowski signing off. We'll see you next week.